In today's episode, I got to sit down with Bobby Gunturo of UNC Wilmington. We had a great talk about training, how he creates a culture of success on his team, and lastly, how do you be a great coach, father, and husband all at the same time? I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Now let's get into it. Bobby, how's it going? Great. Thanks for having me, Mike. How are you doing? Good, man. This is actually the second time you've been on one of my podcasts. The last podcast attempt failed after five episodes. Uh, it was like, uh, you know, at the beginning of COVID, yeah. everybody was like, you know what? I'm going to use this time to do whatever. And I think I downloaded like so many online, online courses. I paid for like a year to masterclass that I used for like 30 minutes. Like I did all these things and post podcasting is one of them. And, um, podcasting is my favorite form of like social media and stuff and like putting out content just because I enjoy talking. Um, but it's, it's one of the hardest to keep up. So like, you know, you see a lot of people start up podcast and then they disappear for a bit and maybe they come back. But um, anyways, thanks for saying yes twice. Absolutely, I man. It. Yeah, I remember, I remember that during the COVID-19, you know, we were like, you know, we just uh, we had a really good chat. Uh, it was good because, you know, there was nothing going on. And, and just talking to you got me, you know, thinking a lot about, you know, what we do and, and, and all that, you know. So so that was really I mean, things are different now than uh, back then. I was in Raleigh still, you know, and uh, yep. I was in Raleigh with one kid and now I'm, we're in Wilmington with two kids. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I also only had one kid at the time. I think our kids are all like similar age. My I daughter's so. born, my son is two. Yeah, so I, uh, yeah, we are, uh, he's turning four in August and then our daughter is 19 months. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, pretty similar. Um, yeah, man. Okay, so how about you give everybody a little background, your history, where you started, what got you where you're at now? Sure. Um, I'm originally from Indonesia, and it's it's a uh, it's it's a it's a country in Southeast Asia, and in in early in mid two thousand, early two thousand, uh, the Indonesian government uh, sent me to the United States. Uh, they awarded me scholarship to uh, further my education and training. Uh, they sent me to the bowl school down in Florida, and in the bowl schools, uh, my coach was Coach Jeff Popel and Coach Rick Bishop. Um, so, I got to learn a lot from to some of the best uh, coaches uh, in, in the world of swimming, right? Uh, and then yeah. after that, you know, after I graduated from Bulls, I went to UNC Wilmington. I swam here for the head coach was Coach Dave Allen. Uh, he retired in 20, 2014. And the assistant coach was Coach Todd DeSorbo, who is the head coach at Virginia. So Todd recruited me to come here to UNC Wilmington. I swam under Todd in a sprint group here at UNC Wilmington. Uh, when, when I graduated, I was working for an accounting firm uh, for about a year and a half. I decided that it wasn't for me. And Ooh. Yeah, so uh, not, not a corporate world uh, type of person. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, really had a good relationship with Todd. And uh, Todd was building something special with Braden Holloway at NC State. Uh, so I joined... Uh, really the NC State crew in 2012. Uh, and then 
it was going to be just one year or two years. You know, we're kind of not sure what, what I wanted to do as a graduate assistant. I was literally just filling up water bottle uh, and just kind of whatever they're telling me to do. That's what I, I just did that, you know, but I know like one of my biggest uh, roles was assisting Todd in the spring group. Uh, and so from, from that becoming more, having more roles into coaching roles and just kind of like from one step to the next step to the next step. Uh, and I stuck, I stayed at NC State for eight years, and then um, UNCW job opened, and they uh, opened a line of communication with me when they were searching for head coaching job, head coach, new head coach for the program. Um, that was uh, in the smack of COVID nineteen in in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I you know I knew that my family, we want to build our family, we want to have more kids, and and you know. Secretly, I enjoy COVID-19 because I get to spend some time with my kid. Um, you know, I look back, I was like, wow, like I was supposed to be in Netherlands for two and a half weeks. And then I was supposed to be in Sweden for three weeks. And then I was supposed to go to pre-Olympics, so all that. Suddenly, you know, that was that was really a big concern for me that going away for eight weeks to nine weeks in, in technically off-season um mm-hmm. and and yeah and when UNC Wilmington uh you know that was kind of I feel like this is a program where I can be very passionate I can build something special um and and you never know right and it's it's one of those things where I I'm in love with the program because I came from this program you know so and yeah and I know the location would be a very good location for me to grow family uh, for us, our family to grow the family, and uh, uh, and and yeah, and this is my. I just finished up my third year at UNC Wilmington as a head coach. That's awesome, man. Um, you know, knowing what you want out of life, and lo- knowing what you want out of swimming, uh, at least as swim coaches, a lot of times those they start to run into each other. Uh, after I got married, uh, I got married like in the middle, in the beginning of July. Two weeks later, I was gone for 10 days. <laughs> and oh. I'll never forget my wife telling me, she was like, oh, this is this is what it's like, like to be married to a swim coach. Oh. Um, and I totally agree with you with that COVID. We, you know, we're in a special situation. We were only out of the water for 10 weeks. Wow. I say only, that's yeah. a long time. But, but at that time, that was a little bit of time. Right. So we... So we just did like work from home stuff for 10 weeks, extremely blessed. Nothing changed with my pay, my job. I had my responsibilities. So like super blessed in that um, circumstance. But um, yeah, I'll never forget uh, just going for walks every day yeah. with my family. Like that was, that was great. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. So, so you growing up in swimming in Indonesia, what, what's like, what is that like? Like what's swimming in Indonesia like? Um, is it still the same as it used to be or? Can you just give me a little background on Indonesia swimming? Yeah, it's uh, I mean, you know, it's it was interesting because there's not we we, we don't have football and basketball. That's like you know uh, the revenue sport, right? We have soccer, right? Um, so I think swimming. I I, I grew up in Bali, um, and Bali is an island where pretty well known for surfing. Um, you know, it's very touristy area where. You know, we, I learned how to swim because I want to learn how to surf. Uh, and, you know, yeah. and, 
And in the area that I grew up, if there are any, if there are eight children, eight kids playing want to surf, only one surfboard for eight kids. So you know we have to wait, and you kind of have to be in the middle. And if you get on the board and you fell, and then that board doesn't have any leash, and the other kids will grab the board and go out there and catch the wave and all that. But yeah, that that means you have to, uh, you know, kind of think back. It's, it's it's kind of scary because it's not really as safe, you know. I know it's not yeah. going to be laughing about it, but but that was like the main thing. Like we want to learn how to swim so that we can get in there and you know and and wait for the board for us to get on the board and to surf. So so that was really the middle of it, uh, the the beginning of it. Um, for me, I, I learned how to swim from a nonprofit organization. Uh, it was well, it wasn't really official nonprofit. It was. Australian surfers that you know they they saw they saw what how it was happening and so so we learned how to surf that way from them you know and and then just kind of like really the basic the kind of getting in the water doing the starfish I still remember it wasn't it wasn't starfish but we really learned how to roll on the back and all this like you know and or jumping in and swimming back to the wall and all that so really the basic was with them and and that was really kind of the beginning of it um and then the uh, the competition to it, it's I think I have this natural competitive nature, really, you know. So I didn't I didn't really I didn't I wasn't really a part of a club team, and I was just kind of swim like I said, I just swim to to be swimming in the ocean. Um, mm-hmm. And there was a swim meet, it's just like a random swim meet, just like a regional swim meet. And my parents were like, hey, you know, you you like swimming, let's try that. I did. I I you know they yeah sure let's do it. It was, I remember it was 25s and I got dead last in all event. And I'm like, <laughs> I was just like, oh, heck no, I, I, I don't like this. You know, so I told my parents, like, I don't like to be lost. So, and they went, well, you can join this club. It's like, like neighborhood club. It's really cheap and not really like almost like nothing. So I just joined that. And then from that kind of becoming more serious, it's the same thing. My first national age group competition I got DQ in one event and I got lost in three other events. So I'm like, all right, that kind of gave me like, okay, I need to do more training more. So hot start for Bobby. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and, and again, like I think, you know, the economy level in Indonesia is really low. Like I know we're, our family is, uh, we, we're check to check. Um, you know, we, we, we're rich in love, put it that way. Right. And so to me, you know, swimming and the government really put a lot of emphasis in if you are good in Olympic sports, we they would give you opportunity, a scholarship opportunity to further your education and in a way uh, giving you a golden ticket so that you can hopefully in the future can help for your family. Um I actually was in a long-term scholarship program since I was 12 years old. So, and 12 years old, I moved away from my family, from my, from my, from my home base in Bali. I moved to Jakarta. Um, so, you know, that was kind of like the history and, and that was the beginning of me living away from my family. And uh, it was all because, you know, we, we have the dream that can get our education in, in, in other country and hopefully we can provide for our family in the future. And for me, it's a dream come true now. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So how do you, 
you know, your background is completely different than probably 99% of your athletes. Yeah. How do you, how do you, um, coach them and have empathy for them? Even though your background was different. Cause I, I mean, just a little background on mine, yeah. um, you know, swimming in general, you know, it's more of a middle-class type of sport, you know, it gets, ex it's expensive, like yeah. whether that's club dues. And then when you start traveling and in an area like where we live, uh, we have to travel minimum four hours mm -hmm. to get to any sort of decent meat that we don't host. Um, if I, if me growing up, if I grew up in Midland, I would not, I would not have been a swimmer. Like there's no way we could have made it happen. Mm -hmm. Um, so sometimes I have trouble having empathy <laughs> when kids are just like, I can't do this. And I'm like, dude, I, yeah. I drove a bus. <laughs> I, I got, my mom would drop me off 45 minutes before practice, before the pool opened yeah. because she had to get to work yeah. and I just would sit outside and then I would ride a city bus across El Paso back home. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Not that I have, I don't have this big chip on my shoulder or anything, but anyways, how do you, how do you connect those dots between what you went through and connecting with your athletes and their, what they're going through right now? It's, it's a good, it's a good questions. You know, um, it's, you know, I, I always believe that you are as good as your coworkers and you are as good as your uh, assistant coaches. For me, as a head coach, my assistant coaches played important roles on that standpoint because their background is very different than my background. You know, and we have a lot of conversation like that all the time. And yes, I think... I think my experience can be my strength and also a massive weakness. And I realized that, you know, and mm -hmm. I do, you know, and I think, and, and it's more when I was, it's more when I was, when I was younger, when I get into the coaching and then, and when I was at NC state, I was almost a little bit more in a, uh, you know, very kind of like my way or, or the highway type of deal, more like, that you know and where as i get older and honestly becoming a father it, it makes me a lot more thinking about you know overall and all that you know so i think um here since i took a job at unc wilmington taking a job taking a head coaching job during covid 19 really to me it was it was a blessing uh because yeah. i don't have the swim, the consistent swimming. I don't have because you don't know when you're gonna swim, when you get shut down, and all that, right? Um, I can't do what I've been doing. So it's really kind of, hey, you know. But but the cool thing about it is, I got to do a fresh start, you know. And man, like I didn't know what you were doing, and I didn't know how I would do with you because I don't know you yet, right? So mm -hmm. so I think um, that was really kind of the starting of everything how I connect with my current student-athletes and former student-athletes. Um, thing, understanding the balance of lifestyle, that doesn't mean doing everything at the same time and understanding that, you know, to do what and which one is priority at what time and all that. You know, I think managing that and, and understanding and, and really having a, a, an honest conversation where in our life, no matter what background you you come from and there's going to be needing an intensity in certain thing uh, and it's going to be an, and, and and it's going to be needing to take a step back in certain thing uh that can yeah. be that can be swimming uh in certain thing you know it can be swimming um so so to me i feel that 
I love our second macro cycle of the year, which is from March until August. I call that that macro cycle is a life macro cycle. I mean, that's when we move forward in life. That's when, you know, and that's when really the true adversity comes along. The true, like, you know, you, you have a lot of people sticking around town. And my team is a blue-collar team. And a lot of people that, how do, we, how do I manage making money and also training and also resting? And, and mm-hmm. I have a lot of conversation with uh, my former senior uh, swimmers that the meeting is not about the best time meeting. A meeting is about I can help you to manage your finance. How do you – okay, I would ask them about how are you going to make money. And what's the timing? And what's what about social life? What's going on? And what do you want to do? So, so we we have a lot of conversation about that. And I think, um, I think to me, you know, that's also the background that I had. Where, you know, in as a college swimmer, my my March until August, I try to make as much money as possible so I can survive during during the swimming years. So, so that was mm-hmm. kind of like, and my major is in accounting and finance. So that's kind of like, I feel like I really try to connect from that standpoint. I'm, I want to be, uh, you know, a person that they can come to and not just getting a best time in swimming. And, and I really do tell them that, hey, if you're looking for best time, you're joining the wrong team. Uh, this is the team that, you know, we, we're, we're going to move forward in a lot of different aspects. You're going to get a best time, you know. And, and I said it, that you can go any, anywhere, any program, you'll get a best time. Yeah, that's no problem, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but but our focus in and 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 any pro and different programs doing this too. And I'm not the only program, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. So so that's kind of like how I try to connect and really focus on life overall. Um, how can we learn about like today? Um, this this morning, we have a weightlifting and then we swim, and this morning and and we got in and about seventy percent of us already in the water, and about 10% is kind of back against the wall, trying to get ready to get in the water. And then the, the rest of them, just like no back against the wall. There's no intensity. There's no, uh, you know, there's no, uh, uh, the approach. I stopped them. I, I let them kind of have, and in five minutes, I start them, stop. It's not what we're all about. This is not what we're all about. Like, I get that you are coming like in it, but we're on the clock here. I have to get you out of here because you have work. But the mentality of approaching things the right way, we, we didn't approach that the last five minutes. So let's get started. Let's let's restart. Let's go from there. Let's approach it the way we need to approach things, and then their money for the rest of the way. Man, that that is awesome. You know, I tell my coaches all the time, and and I have this little program that I'm launching, and and this is like one of the lessons that I'm teaching is that you, the coach, like this is this is your team. And your energy matters. And if the group's energy is not where you think it should be, it's like the coach's job to like reset like what you're doing. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean like you go around screaming and yelling like you need to go harder. Right. It means like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is not what we're about. Yeah. And I love I love that language that you're using because it's the identity of the team, right? Yeah. Like this is what are we going to be about? What are, What is this team going to be about? So kind of your, your story with your team, you know, taking over, over COVID was nice. Cause you could go, you could go slow yep. in quotation marks, right? Yep. Like there wasn't these big pressures and was it your conference or your school that just said, we're not doing a championship 
Was that a school decision or conference? It was. Uh, we we actually had Both. championships, but it was two months oh. later. It was in April. Mm. So it was outside. Yeah, it was outside. And um, in twenty twenty one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So okay. And we 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 went. Uh, we went, and it, we our women finished last. And uh, our our men, uh, we actually finished second with twelve men. Uh, so that was kind of an eye opening for me. Yeah, yeah, especially coming from uh, NC State when, especially around that time. I mean, even now. But you know, I, the reason I got connected with you is mm-hmm. I I just liked I saw what you were doing on social media. I feel like all my podcasts say this, by the way. I tell every person, I'm like, I love what you're doing on social media, but dude, I'm in the middle of nowhere. This is, this is how I see what's going on in the world in yeah. swimming at least. And like, I saw the energy and I saw the rankings at NC state from year to year. Yeah. And I'm like, man, they're doing something. Uh, they're doing something special here. I love watching in the NC, NC, NC two A's mm-hmm. like moving up. Yeah. Like that's who I want to, that's who I keep my eyes on. Mm-hmm. Like who was 10th, then mm-hmm. seventh, then third. I think that's super cool. Um, how going from NC State to UNCW um, was that easy, hard? What what sort of uh, yeah. mental shifts needed to happen there? It was it was hard because I you know coaches is, coaching is about knowing the person you're coaching, right? The people that you're coaching. Um, so it was really you know it was hard. It wasn't really hard because it kind of challenged me more like well okay what are these kids like what what who are they who are these mm-hmm. these swimmers you know what what are their strength what are their weakness and what what can we do to help them and what's good for them and i think to me that's kind of like one of the things like i'm not a big fan of just like well we're just gonna practice but it's just gonna to be good what, what's good <laughs> you know so yeah. uh, i think the hardest part was um, yeah, I was working with a uh, super elite of the elite that in terms of their, their mindset, they, it's, and, and not only that, because, you know, I was a part of the program for eight years. Uh, it, it's that progression, you know, and, and almost like it, it kind of in a way where I kind of forgot what the first year NC state looked like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And when, yeah. then when I joined, when I came here, like, Okay, we're we're going from the very beginning here, and and honestly, Mike, I, I was running, in I wasn't running a college program. Uh, my first year, I ran it with my my assistant coach, uh, John Carroll, and John Carroll, it it was, he was an age group coach. Uh, you know, and he was at Auburn as a GA, but his background is an age group coach. Uh, you know, from from Jersey Wahoo. Uh, so. And, and and I spoke with John Carroll that, hey, we're going to develop this like an age group program. And we're going to be very good and fundamental uh, and start with mm-hmm. – and we were very – our yard was super low, you know, because cause we're, try, we're just trying to figure out what's good for them. What is it? What's going on? We're trying to almost like retrain our eyes to, to, to the, the, the people that we have and then and then really kind of go from there. And we didn't really – you know, I – throw away all the cute, whatever, just kind of, Hey, don't worry about that. We'll just focus on the fundamental. So, so I think we were so focused on fundamental that year. And, and, and really I'm thankful that 
out of all of the swimmers that swam in that 2020, 2021 season, everyone stuck around with us for the summertime. And in that summertime, it didn't really necessarily take the next step in terms of training, but we took the next step in the communication. That's when we are like, okay, now like there's no school, it's more low key, more like, you know, we, we just restart, we restart a learn to swim program here. And they, you know, we, you know, we, they, they are able to work for the learn to swim program. And almost like we're teaching them the different way we're teaching them to, this is how you teach swimming for the little kids. This is what's mm-hmm. important. Yeah. So, and that becoming a really big connected uh, connection between us and them, where we become a team in a different way. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, it was a it was a more heavy on the female side because there was a less a lot less uh, graduation. Just to kind of give mm-hmm. you a little bit of a glimpse of that class uh the one that we're talking about so they are they just finished their junior year this past season but their freshman year as a class they score 45 points as a class that girl those girls their sophomore year they score 140 points this past year as a junior they scored 250 points in a faster in a faster conference that to me it wasn't necessarily just the training it was more that Man, just the communication. We we just and I would probably cry talking about them when they're graduating next year because they're like my yeah. daughters, you know what I mean? But but I think to me it's more that you know, I think I um to, to go back to your questions is it's just the communication and the relationship is the same. The building relationship, they're human. Um understanding that understanding the people was the challenging part. Understanding yeah. what they need is the challenging part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the athlete walking in is different than <laughs> NC State, or at least NC State now. Right. Maybe not in 2012, at least NC State now. Right. Um, so you helped create a revenue source for your athletes. Yep. Am I hearing that right? Absolutely. Man, that's that's brilliant, man. I mean, brilliant. that's – so something I'm picking up from what you're saying, you know, I think this goes to your background, where you came from. Like you have a make it – make. we're going to make this happen mentality. And it's not like a blunt force trauma, like push ourselves through a wall. It's like, how do we make this fit? Right? Because you growing up, you had to make it work. You know, you had this opportunity to go to bowls. And it's like, I got to make it work. You know what I mean? Like your personal stakes were high because you weren't just doing it for yourself. You're doing it for your family as well. I'm assuming, right? That's part of it. Yep. Um, That's awesome. And I think that's something coaches even at the club level can take away from something like that like okay we have kids that need to work this summer there's yep. there's not a lot of places for them to work you know we're going to start a learn to swim program yep. and we're going to provide a great service for the community and our athletes are going to be able to work absolutely and we're in control of the schedule which absolutely. is like huge it's good man it's huge it's well good. right now it's like you know we have we have uh 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 athletes that doubles like the training eight times a week so you know seven times a week and we have athletes that's also only six times a week you really depends on who they are and again you go back into what's the priority if there is one there's a group of people that they need to survive they need to make the money and and selfishly yeah like swimming wise like sure like need to be but 
hey, they're going to be a better swimmer if I help them how to manage for them to make an income. It's just like, okay, then we can do that, you know? And and some of them is like, man, we got we got athletes that, that hey, they do two hours um, two hours in the morning, uh, you know, with us. And then they, well, they swim in the morning. They do two hours. They get off for about an hour and a half. They do private lesson. And then another one, three hours after that for more, like, learn to swim. So I'm like, I, I need to help them. How can I balance them? You know, and, and mm-hmm. so I think to me, that was the main thing, and that was my excitement taking over the job at UNC Wilmington. I feel like I can create something that I, I knew the pool, I knew the town, I knew the, the background, and I feel that this is going to be a really good combination. It's going to be fun, and it's going to be you know a, a a really a platform for this young people to can just not only just join our program, but hey, they can learn a lot in life. I'm going to take a moment here to tell you about the Swim Coach Launchpad. I specifically built this program for coaches who are early in their career or feel isolated in the sport. It's really going to help you jumpstart your swim coaching career and give you all the fundamental tools you need to move forward. There's going to be four main courses about season planning, writing better workouts, and motivating your athletes to be successful. The last part of this program is going to be a four-stroke breakdown. So not only are we going to talk about the four strokes, but we're going to talk about the drills and skills you need to build great foundational strokes. And that also comes with a video library of over 70 videos, above water, underwater, all high quality. If you're interested, go to betterswimcoach.com and let's get back to the podcast. So I currently have a couple athletes in like, let's just call it like a blue collar situation, right? Mm-hmm. It's summertime. Mm-hmm. They want to train, but they need to work. Yep. Um, do you reach out the, to them to help? Do they come to you? And is there any sort of tension you see between because sometimes kids i i see them like all their friends are getting nice cars and stuff when they're turning 16 like i see this at at my level and like they're not and i was that kid so like i get it Mm -hmm. um and i want to have a conversation with them that's like hey like your your life's a little different and that's okay but here's how we're going to make it work how do you address um how do you address the kid that needs help like where do you start yeah, I, it's, uh, you know, you you could kind of feel a little bit, you know, but once you identify that, you know, I would typically have meetings, the staff and the individuals like, hey, I would always open up like, you know, hey, how can we help you? How can we assist you? You know, once we identify that, I would set up a meeting with them. And, and obviously, you know, I'm not, I don't like in a forcey way. I want to make sure it's an organic way, you know, and. And yeah, I want to make yeah. sure that they are comfortable as well, um, you know, with, with us trying to help. So I would always start, I always have a meeting with them, just like, how can we help you? You know, and, you know, we we have a very, really, but two things that they know. Well, one thing that they know, that I base everything of the hard work. And, you know, you, okay, you want to make it happen, you got to hustle. Uh, and, and they know that. And I say that, like, look, no matter what it is, like, yeah. like you you, if you, you're going to have to hustle in whatever, whatever you do, whether, whatever your background is. And I always say that, all right, you, a good thing for you is you get to hustle right now in college. You know, that's a great thing because then you learn and, and guess what? And I said, when you hustle something, you maybe fail. And if you fail about that, then you learn, okay, you know, you know what, maybe you're doing it wrong. Maybe you hustle a different way. And, 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 and to me, I think that's kind of the conversation, the way I say, and I think, it's easier for me to connect with those uh, uh, individuals that 
need that, you know, because I came from the same background and, and I'm very open about that to my team and, and they know that and they know my background. So I think that helps for individuals that need some guidance, uh, on that stand, on that standpoint, they'll come to me without me asking because like, Hey, this is what you told us. This is what you were in college and I need that. I'm the same boat. So, okay, let's, let's help you out. Let's, how can we do that? Yeah, no, that that's cool. I'm 100% asking selfishly because I need to have a conversation with, with one kid mm-hmm. specifically about this sort of thing, which is good. But I also don't want to be like, Hey dude, you're going to need a, you're going to need to do this, this, and this, this summer. Right. Like I need to see what he needs from me. Right. Um, Okay, let's get into a little bit of technical swimming. Yep. Uh, that past thirty minutes was was fantastic. <laughs> we, will, we I have some more questions in that in all that realm, but I want to get a, just a little technical, just to learn a little bit more about your you and your program and sure. things like that. Just talking about your sprinters, yep. what does your do you have a standard sort of weekly plan for your swimmers, or does it change uh, throughout your cycle? And kind of what what are you looking like for your sprinters like right now? What are you trying to yeah. do? Um, you there? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I am, so my, my, let's start the, with my background in accounting and finance, right? So I'm a big, big planner. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I am, I'm a big, as a long-term planning, uh, and then short-term planning and all that for the sprinters. Typically I, I do have a perimeter in terms of how we want to move from, you know, really cycle to cycle. So, because I, I think to me is uh, before I, uh, before I talk about everything, it's like, I, I do believe that, well, number one, it's kind of, I know people always say, well, people can go fast all the time, but in the end of the day, you're like, well, they need to be going at the fastest, either at conference or at NC2A, right? They need, mm-hmm. they need to do that. So it is our job to figure out that way, like keeping it fun and, and not necessarily not going fast all year round, but they're going fast enough to make it fun for them, you know, but still creating that plan so for them to be absolutely peaking when they need to be peaking. And I think to me, that's the first thing, first and foremost, um, you know, for to be peaking that way. Um, and for me, you know, with, with the sprinters, once we know, you know, when we need to peak, and and also understanding their 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 mentally, um, you know, there are there are sprinters that don't need to see fast time and can do swimming fast, and in, in the end of the season, and, and that's great. Uh, and, or there are sprinters that they need to see some fast times to be to be able to build that confidence. So that that plays along, like you know, and I learn I learn the hard way uh, with some sprinters that. I thought they don't need to see fast times and we're kind of like just all right. And, and, and they didn't perform at the end and as, as well mm-hmm. as I thought they could be. Um, so, so to me, you know, identifying that's really important for me. Uh, and then, and then from there, and then I also believe in um, the plateau, the speed can max out. So we we're, we're that's why the planning is important. Okay. What, what what's the most important part? Like, you know, I, I typically focusing on, 26 macro cycle and then from that macro cycles i have probably like i don't know it's like maybe four or five meso cycles also and and then and really like the big thing is i'm a big fan of a rainbow type of training so means that 
every week you you hit every week you hit different um different training system so it means that mm-hmm. you know you you hit aerobic you had threshold you had speed work you got some speed endurance and all that in one week um the biggest thing is depending on which meso cycles you're working on if it's aerobic then you may only doing one speed work or one speed endurance work and then if you are more in the uh you know lactate tolerance work then you may be doing more speed endurance three times a week and then the aerobic may be becoming a little bit lower and then speed work still always there i always do speed work uh, no matter what and then when we go pure power work then then you flip it right you you do maybe like two to three power training speed over you know and maybe one or two speed endurance or maybe one speed endurance and then the rest of the mis recovery so it's really kind of like depends on what mr cycles you want uh but you're mm-hmm. doing everything really in in throughout the week. I, I don't know if that answered the question. Um, no, no, it it did. Um, I so I, when I talk about swimming and stuff, now granted, I work primarily with age groupers, yep. and then I work with our top high schoolers as well. But even then, a lot of them. I mean, we have our training plan and everything, and we we kind of have a rainbow type system yep. throughout the week or throughout our season. Um, you know, so many kids in the club level are in the everything makes you better zone. Like, I think people underestimate how how long they're in that zone. Um, and like, you know, I I have 13 14s. And it's basically general prep, like all year, the type of work is like, it's broad general, I'm not going to get that detailed with those guys, because everything makes them better. And they're growing so much. But as I'm as I'm trying to become a better high school coach too, especially with our more developed athletes, you know, not so much our freshman, sophomore boys, depending, of course. But you know, you said lactate tolerance, speed endurance. Yep. Just for me, understanding, are those the same thing, or what's what's different there between lactate tolerance work and speed endurance? Lactate tolerance and speed endurance is is, is about is pretty much the same, really. Um, you know, okay. yeah, it's pretty much the same. It's like, it just kind of like some people are using the lactate tolerance where some people are using speed endurance. Uh, and, uh, the idea is creating, uh, you know, uh, lactate is good, like producing lactate and let you, let your body, uh, mm-hmm. really, uh, um, acclimate to that, you know? And, and I think there's a progression to that, you know, and, and to me, and that is a big part of sprinting, uh, you know, may, but, you got to do it at the right timing, right? And 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 not too much as well. Uh, so mm-hmm. so to me, I think that's that's kind of like where 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 planning is really important, especially in college level. Is it's that type of training? Then you know. Then then when when especially when we do start doing the the, the speed endurance training, then the like the aerobic training needs to be super low because then you don't want to just keep beating beating them up like their body you need to yeah. get some rest a little bit right so um and you can't also just like float in low recovery <laughs> you know so it's so mm-hmm. like fine-tuning on where you are and and, and that where specific uh, spe- i mean really specific uh how do you call it specification is important per person individuals and really understanding who can handle i have uh this past year we have 10 sprinters that's kind of like a little bit more of high speed this family and in UC Wilmington and mm-hmm. uh, some of them are able to handle two weeks kind of heavy and then do a little bit of a quick quicker three days recovery after two weeks some of them are three and some of them is one week and then three days one week and back on three days 
yeah, it's really, you know, really depends on who they are. Um, I love speed. Um, I, for me, it's like, well, we're, if we're going to try to swim fast, I like to train fast. Um, yeah, yeah. But training fast will break you down. Um, so, so to me, that's kind of like, you know, uh, what, what we always think about. So when you look at those athletes, like, you know, we were on that speed endurance, like a heavy speed endur a strong speed endurance week, yeah. the kid that needs one week, the kid that needs two weeks, the kids that can go for three weeks straight, what are kind of your signals that you see that you're like, Oh, this kid, it was too much for them. Yeah. What, what are the marker signals that you see? Well, we do a lot of like, uh, you know, throughout the whole, before we get to, before we get to that cycles, so you kind of, you know, that cycle is really not really hitting it absolutely until after like 10 weeks or 12 weeks, you know. So so by the time we're in that cycle, we already have like between eight to 10 week cycles of, you know, like is there like acclimation and aerobic capacity and all that, right? And through those 12 weeks, 10 to 12 week cycle, we do create um, like a lot of notes on those guys and then kind of what their ability, what's what's good for them. And what's bad for them? And mm -hmm. I think, um, and from that, you know, like with, with speed endurance or lactate tolerance, or anything, like, it's more like what is endure? Like what are the speed that they can endure, the highest speed that they can endure? And then if they start dropping, that means, okay, that's really not, that's when we, that's when the time for like, okay, that's really when to back off a little bit, you know? So um, it's in a way, it's like, I want them like, think it like a, there's a cliff, right? It's just a cliff is super high. You have an athlete, you want to, push to the very top of the cliff, but you don't want to push it a little too far and you fall off the cliff. You want to put it back yeah. before you fall off the cliff. Um, and that's kind of like uh, the analogy that, 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 that's always, you know, that I use. Yeah. So when you're looking at, I'm just going to stay on this speed endurance yep. thing. Yep. All right. Today we're talking about speed endurance with Bobby Gunturo let's go. and that's going to be okay. Speed endurance paradise. <laughs> that's, that's, that's why. There we go. Let's go. So, uh, what are some, everything's built on a progression yeah. within your cycles. You want to progress throughout the season. Um, do you have a general, like, I want to see my sprinters able to hold this much volume or this level, like at the end of your progression, like what's something you see that you're like, boom, we're there. Like we are looking really good when they can do X. Sure. It's, um. Uh... That's a, that's an interesting question. That's that's always a hard questions I answer to answer. Um, mm -hmm. I I'm not necessarily a big volume guy to be to begin with, and to be honest mm -hmm. with you, every year it's a little different, and and almost like depends on the build up period and depends on you know what they can hold on because every year they're different. Because in my opinion, hey, if you're coaching the same athlete for two to three years, four years, it, ideally, if you're training, the capacities build up, ideally, they can take on more. And if they can take on more, ideally, they'll go faster at the end, right? So it's kind of like, that's kind of like the ideal um, training, right? If you're not able to yeah. increase the capacity, well, what are you training for? Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? So so to me, um, so it, it's, it's almost like, I don't necessarily have to set a certain thing, but Whenever we do, whenever we get set uh, around like eight to ten, and ten, typically we do like a set test where I don't know when, I don't know how they're, like how long they're gonna be in, they be able to hold on to that stuff, you know. But but I also have like, hey, you know, I don't really want to do more than 
250 or 300, uh, you know, per, per set. And then before, and then I will go some easy and then go back to that and go some easy and I go back to that. And then I want to see, you know, and especially like week nine, 10, 11, 12, I kind of start doing some, some, some different sets to kind of have a good feel of where they are. And then that becoming the benchmark of that, that'll be a hundred percent of capacity. And then as we go moving forward, maybe like, Hey, that's how I manage it. How, I, you know, Hey, I want to go down to 90% of the last week, but I need their speed higher. Uh, you know, so, and when that, when, when I go to 90% or 80% of our base, I still want, it takes the same amount of time for us to finish the whole main set. So let's say we go an hour for total 1000 pass. Hey, if the next, if let's see, we're going to hold on to the, let's just do 1000 in an hour, right? Let's just see, does it make mm-hmm. it easier, right? And then we'll do that for two weeks in a row. And in the third week, I'm like, oh, I want to increase their speed. And I want only doing like 85% of, uh, because if you're going to increase the speed, you can't do the same amount of volume, right? Yeah. So you got to go down on the volume. So like, okay, I want an 85% and only 850, but I'll, you know, how to, how to adjust that and like the same amount of uh, time need to be taken. So in one hour, we're only doing 850. That means their body will able to produce more speed. And then you do the same thing. You, as you progress, you kind of do the same thing. And, and you know, to me, you're more like, that's kind of the simplest way I can think yeah, about, yeah. you know, and, 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 mm-hmm. and, 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 and let, uh, let us to be free where I don't necessarily have a certain, um, you know, a certain amount of like, okay, right, this is what I need. Uh, now, you know, scientifically, or I wouldn't say scientifically speaking, data, data speaking wise, I actually really don't like giving goal time i I really don't like giving goal time Mm. but i like to give them some perimeter i like to give them some all right i want you to go as fast as possible and let's see for 50 freestyle like some of the 200 freestylers typically uh when we do like when we just start introducing speed endurance let's see we're just going repeat 50s right and leading up to that cycle i would teach them how to do hey I want them to go as fast as they can in a 50, but even split the 50. And and then from there, like, okay, now can you maintain it for three and, and on one minute? And then we go, okay, maybe we go on 55. Can you do on 450? It, do the same thing, you know, but even split the 50. So then the idea is like, I want them to create their own freedom and keep the body on freedom to hit their top speed but within the perimeter on how you do it instead of just going all out from the beginning. You know, same thing with the breaststroke or butterflies. But breaststroke and butterflies is the easiest one, right? Because you're like, hey, I want you to go as fast as you can but only five strokes and six strokes, you know, per 25. Mm-hmm. But as fast as you can, right? But maintain that stroke count, right? Um, so I think to me, you know, I always give them that, but I never really give them the um, really the goal time and all of that so yeah yeah i'm big on goal times but my reason why i mean i i totally or what's your reason before i talk yeah. what's your reason why you're not big on goal times um because i feel that some athletes that i work with in a few in the past and some are able to hit absolutely way faster than a goal time and some of them cannot even hit closer to goal time so you know it's yeah. almost like then I kind of go back and say, like, okay, how do we create a, 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 a an almost like 
being but 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 an honest effort is the f- the first and foremost, right? They got to be honest, right? They can't, and and that's yeah. but but that comes to, you know, the 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 culture or whatever, all that, you know. But an honest effort is important, right? And and but I think ninety nine percent of the 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 kids that that want to do really well, they'll they'll give you an honest effort, you know. So so I think to mm-hmm. me, sometimes it's just really hard giving them the goal time, and and sometimes like there's so many things going on at one time, and and just and I don't want them to solely just focus on timing, and I want to them focus on how how do you do it, you know. And I think to me that that's such, such a big deal for me. Yeah, man, that's very thoughtful. So uh, I love goal times because I want kids to be aware. Yeah, uh, okay. I think I just think awareness matters. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I know kids do put extra pressure on themselves, like if, especially when you have a you know, a really good athlete who does everything you ask and they're, they're having one of those days where they're not hitting any paces or anything like that. Um, you know, I just want them to know, I just want them to know where they're at. Yeah. Cause I think knowing where you're at matters yeah. individually mm-hmm. and we can move from there. So if we're not hitting pace that day, it's like, okay, are we, do we have, is this an honest effort yeah. at the pace? And if they say yes, then I'm like, that's great. That's, that's, a, we're having a good day. Mm-hmm. Let's keep it moving. Um, I love that framing of parameters, whether it's the stroke counts or even splitting. I think that's fantastic. I think I think it's good um, for you for your for your crowd though, for age group. I think that's a really good job because like they they may not necessarily uh, you know um, mature enough to understand you know you know, from my side. That's kind of, exactly like if I I mean if yes. I was coaching age group. I probably wouldn't approach it the same way as I approach it now, right? Because it's like hey, they they're not mature enough to understand, you know, all that, you know, the idea of that. And so I think, and you're giving them a really good goal and the simple thing that they can. Okay, that's kind of like their perimeter. They, they're what they're trying to accomplish, right? And 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 and, yeah. and I think that's I think that's good, man. Yeah, I think one of my biggest like coaches coaching philosophy things is ownership. Like I just want, I just want these kids. I want it to be their swimming, right? Like if it's not mine, it's not mom and dad's. Like it's yours. If you get to the end of this journey and you're like, "Were you happy with my swim?" I'm like, "Oh, geez, this isn't good. This is bad." Yeah. Like, are were you happy? Were you happy with your effort? Were you happy with your swim? Yeah. yeah. Um. So I just saw you post on Instagram about like you have a large group staying over the summer, yeah. which is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um. What does that conversation look like with your team? How do you build the culture of, hey, let's do this? Yeah, it's, it's you know, one of those things where I think they believe that this is a good opportunity for them to move forward in life. Uh, and, and, you know, I don't, I don't require them to stay. And, and I always mm-hmm. say, that, I'm like, hey, you know, it's what we have. And if you want to stay here, you got to go all in. You know, and you got to go all in on what we're trying to do. And and I also tell them that if you're going to stay in Wilmington, you have to work. And and I don't care which work you do, but you have to work uh, in, in summertime. And and we do have a lot of people like in we have people working in the boating uh, place that, you know, right there, right into coastal because we it's a massive, like a really big boating, uh, a boating area here uh, in, in Wilmington. Mm-hmm. And, and we have people working in the golf, in the golf clubs. And, and we have people working in the service industry. And majority of uh, our, our swimmers, they work as a swim lessons. Uh, yeah, because that's just here convenience. And they earn really, really good income doing that, you know. So, so I think to yeah. me, I think 
the but the one big thing is like, hey, you know, I am, you know, I, I coach you in from September until you know September until February. That's the the big the big season, right? Because that's the the, the college season, right? And throughout that, there's a 26 weeks. There's a marathon. Like marathon is 26 and a half. It's yeah. a marathon, right? And throughout the marathon, we're going to learn the bad, the good, the ugly, and the great also, you know? And we're going to learn so many things about us. And and to me, and I told them that, and I'm human. I, I'm not a machine. I, I don't have a crystal ball that just telling you, this is what you got to do, and you're going to do it right, and you're going to be successful. I'm not that, yeah. right? And so throughout the 26 weeks, I'm also learning about what can I do better for you. And... The next progression is between from March until August. So how can we, okay, we just take notes on that. How can we do this? And, and, and I say to them that you can go home and I can tell you what you need to do to work. But in the end of the day, it's different than I'm seeing you every day. It's very different, you know. But some of them have really, really good uh, setup at home. And a lot of them have a good setup at home with their club team. And that's good, you know. And, and to me, and, and, and they, they feel comfortable with that, and that's great. I do feel that to move forward. And if you're not in front of me, I can't help you to do that, right? And yeah. if I'm here, then I can, we can really work with, uh, you know, as a team, as a, uh, really how to do that. So, so that's kind of the conversation I have, and, and I think it's been great for us. Um, I have some people that have to go home, and, and they just have good options work at home, too. Yeah. Uh, so that's good. Yeah, that's, I think that's a fantastic uh, mentality to have. Okay, so I'm going to bounce back to the family thing yeah. just because selfishly I got, I got two small kids yeah. and I'm, I'm trying to stay in swimming for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what do you do on a weekly basis to make sure that you're a great dad? Um, here, this, this device that I'm talking to you, I, 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 start, I started leaving – my uh my phone in my car as soon as i arrive from home wow. like um prob- until they go to sleep typically yeah and you know and sometimes it's hard because that's the, also the time when when my parents can talk you know they're, they're in indonesia they're like yeah. 12 hours different you know and they we typically do a quick facetime like to say good night and to my parents you know like they're waking up in Indonesia. We're going to sleep here in the United States, right? So um, that's the only time, like, you know, I would use my phone. But I found that my our brain is, you know, we're thinking about other people's kids 24-7, right? I mean, yeah. you we're talking about this. You're thinking, like, you you just, you mentioned to uh, to me in the beginning, you're like, I got, I, you know, now I, now I know I need this one kid that I need to talk to and, and you know, how, how can I help him? So we're, we're thinking about, you know, and, and I always say that to the parents group, like, hey, you know, you're thinking about your kid. I'm thinking about everybody's kids in here. You know, that's, that's what I love. And to me, it's like it gives me, uh, you know, it, it feels good uh, to do that, right? And by the same time, and I have to be fair with my own family. And, and I told my team that, you know, I actually got it from Brett Hawk and Brett Hawk said the same thing. Where it's like, hey, you know, I told my team that like, you have me from 6 a.m. until 5 p.m. And then at 5 p.m., like, don't, please don't text me or call me unless it's absolutely uh, emergency. 
uh, from 5 p.m. so on. And, you know, and, and I told yeah. them, and, and they respect that. And I said that, you know, my kids' bedtime is 7.30, and I want to enjoy that two and a half hours with my kids, and I want to have a relationship with my wife. So so I, I told them that. And, and obviously with recruiting, is can be tough, uh, you know, and I, I typically yeah. stay up later and than, than my family so that I can talk on, on a call with recruits. Um, so... But yeah, like our brain is just so just we wired that way, and, and we're not a machine. We can't just like turn it off immediately. Um, sometimes like, I live ten minutes away from from my home, which is awesome, like awesome. But then, beautiful. Yeah, but I, when I get home, I'm still thinking, <laughs> you know. So yeah. so you know, I actually you know sometimes I just sit down and just kind of like relax for a little bit, and uh, in my car like. I get on the, uh, you know, and just kind of turn on the car and not just go immediately. Or when I get, before I get to my house, I just pull off a little bit, just kind of like in one of just kind of like, okay, calm everything down and then be present. And then when I get home, mm-hmm. I just leave my phone in my car and I go outside. Then I see my kids would be like, yeah, like they're so excited to see me, you know, like, ah, and, yeah. you know, like both of them like running to me and I'm just like, you know what? I don't have my phone. Like I'm looking at their face, and and they're not looking the back of my phone. So, uh, to me, that's that's really pretty simple thing. But it it makes makes a big difference, man. Like my wife told me, my wife told me about about a year ago that she had a we had a really really uh, honest conversation. She she told me that you have a really good relationship with uh, with a lot of people's sons and daughters, but. I don't think you have a good relationship with your with your son. She told me that, and that was a hard pill That's to swallow. That was I was like, yeah, you know, like oh darn, like you know, and and she told me like you need to be present for him, like and, and he's just a kid, and he's you, your relationship, like you know, they you could tell, like you know, and that, and that's when I started changing. I was like, you know, yeah, I'm like, you know, it's uh, they can wait, like everything can wait, and and that's when when. When I, I see the difference, I see the difference. It's like, you know, he wants to do more with me and he's re- relying more, yeah. uh, you know, with me. And, and that's awesome, man. So that's. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, being a dad and a coach, is, it's just hard. And like you want you want to be a good dad. Like yeah. one of my. So if my if my mom listens to this podcast, I'm sorry, mom. I love you so much. I just want you to know I. My mom's a great supporter of me and the swim coach Mike thing, and I love my mom. Yeah. Um, man, you know, growing up with like divorced parents is hard. Yeah. And uh, having a strong family matters to me so much. And like, uh, I mean, man, it's just creating systems. So what you're doing, just to explain to the audience. Yeah. So systems that get you the life that you want matter so much. So it's like. I'm getting I'm getting tearied. <laughs> this is good. This is good, man. Yeah, man. Speak from the heart. Episode sevens. <laughs> speak from the heart. It's good. You know, uh, when I'm not home, I'm at swim meets, and uh, uh, my wife says, "Yeah, the kids uh, play pretend, and you're one of their people when they play pretend." Mm-hmm. It's like, um. It, it just matters. And yeah. then you care so much about these kids that you're working with, which is good. Something I've been realizing lately, yeah. and this is going to sound harsh. Yeah. These kids leave. These kids move on. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like your family, 
but dude, this is it. Yeah. This is your family. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is your shot to be a great dad, to be a great husband. Uh, so it's a big deal. It is, man. So it is like, you know, it's I, it's a big deal. Do you see, uh, uh, Mike Bottoms video? I did, man. Yeah, that, that was, that's that was a, hard, a little tough. That is, it is. I, I was like, I, I, you know, I, I did. I tore up uh, reading, uh, watching that too. You know, I'm like, you know, you're right. You know, it's, it's, um, I took this, I, I just got back from Indonesia. I just got back from yeah. Nick family and, and, you know, I was gone for three and a half weeks. I was gone for three and a half weeks, you know, and, and to me, I'm, I'm like, that was the first vacation that because it's 12 hours different because I couldn't really do much. Right. And I felt that like, wow. That was the first vacation that absolutely I'm there. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah. my mind is not going anywhere. So nothing. Well, the pool was under renovation. We can train, <laughs> you know? So, and, and my mind is like, oh, I'm here with my family. And this is cool. Like, you know, that's, uh, and, and I think to me, it's, it's so, it's so important to have, to have balance. And, and I say that to my teams, like, Hey, you know, I love everybody, uh, everybody here, but my family's number one. Like the moment it is start pulling me away from my family, this moment I'm going to quit. Uh, and I, I said that, and I'm going to stay true to that, you know, and I think it's so important, uh, for everybody to realize that. And, and I do feel that, um, I feel, I feel that if we're honest with, with our swimmers on that, you know, with our student athletes on that, and they would appreciate us, our time more. And, yeah. you know, and, 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 and I can feel that, you know, and I feel that we, we would be able to balance it more. And, and, you know, and I think, yep. and, I, and I give you prop on like, for, for, for all of us uh, coaches that, being honest with ourselves, like, hey, yeah, this is important, man. This is important, and, and I don't want to have a. Yeah. I mean, like, God forbid, I don't. I don't want to have a failed marriage. I, I really don't want. You know, I really want. Yeah. I love my family. I love my wife. I love my kids, and I'm like, hey, I, I want that. You know, that's. I work to have family. I put that. I put it that way. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, man. So, like, you know, just what you said earlier, like creating systems in your life. So, I live. I live a mile and a half mm -hmm. from the pool. Oh, wow. Which is like it's one of it's one of those small things that if I get all the green lights, three minutes wow. I'm home. Yeah, that's dude. awesome. <laughs> uh, and it's like, um, you know, I've gotten people reach out to me for job offers or whatever. Not that they were handing me a job, you know, just like, hey, you should apply. And it's like, um, I live three minutes from work. There's a gym here. Um, I love what I do. Yep. Uh, I don't have real scheduled office hours. Yep. The disc golf course is caddy corner, so it's another half mile from the pool. It's like, and I'm a simple person. Yeah. Everything I love is within a two-mile radius, yeah. and I've been able to – so systems. I think systems matter. I've been able to create a life. I've, I've done good work. I spent my time putting in the hours and like eating dirt where my wife only works like a part-time job for our church, yeah. um, but it's very – uh, it's very, uh, she doesn't have to be anywhere at a certain time yeah. except for like one meeting a week. Mm -hmm. And like, we're even considering, but that's like one system. Like yeah. I make enough money and we've put ourselves in a financial position where we don't have a ton of debt yeah. where we need to work a crazy amount. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. 
and that's I'm not banking. Just if anybody's listening to this, I'm not like out here making bank. Yeah. But we have been disciplined and content with our lives mm -hmm. because we would rather be in a place when your wife wife works full time and you're a full time coach. <sighs> that's flip flopped hours. Yeah. Opposite. Yeah. You will never see each other. Yeah. Um, and I know not everybody's in the same privileged situation. And anyways, yeah. but systems, systems matter. Yeah. Thinking about what you want. So for you, a system is my phone stays in the car. You don't have to decide to look at your phone or not. Yeah. The system is the phone is in your car, mm -hmm. right? Really. So I think people creating systems to have the life that they want really matters. Yeah. And um, systems, man, systems to create the life that you want. It's a big big deal. Absolutely. Whatever that means for you, it's not like you decide on a day-to-day -day what kind of dad you're going to be. It's every day when I get home, I'm present. Yep. And that's a system, not a goal. Yep. Right? Yep. Yep. Um, yep. Well, man, we talked about a lot. Yeah. Uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. I got to tell my wife to listen. To I, learned, I, learned about, I learned a lot, man. This is awesome. This is like real there, man. Like, you know, I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I feel like every coach has the same dilemma as us. I, dude, I agree. When I went to, I went to a USA Swimming Leadership Conference mm -hmm. and I sat around a coach with coaches who were all like 15 to 20 years older than me. Yeah. And it was like marriage number three, divorced once. I mean, I'm not like shaming anybody or anything, but I just sat there at this table and I was uh, year one of being married yeah. at this point. And I was like, no way. Yeah. I can't do that. I can't do that. You know, you know who I and, learned uh, from too. You, you need to get on a podcast. Like I, I could tell him to get your podcast. Uh, Braden Holloway, the head coach at NC State, man, he is one of the best. He's one of the best when it comes down to balancing between family life and and professional life. I mean, he has four kids. Yeah. I mean, you know, and but he is so good. He is so good. It's like, nope, it's my family. Life. And I was like, okay. Got it, boss. I remember when, when I was working for him. Like, but I learned that from him a lot. Just watching him was like, okay, it's possible to be very successful in the sport mm -hmm. and also have a, a well-balanced uh, family life, you know. And I was like, well, my boss is doing it. And he's one of the best, in, not, in my opinion. Like, I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm biased about it where, you know, he is the best in the business. <laughs> you know, and I learned from yeah, the guy, yeah. you know, for eight years. And and I think uh, you know if, if Braden listen, Braden, you're the man. You're awesome, dude. Uh, so, so he's uh, you know, it's uh, I learned a lot from the guy. Yeah, yeah. And an encouragement to any coach: if you've made it an hour into this, by the way, let's go. Uh, an encouragement to any coach: like you can do it. Um, it it is hard. It is hard, but but you can do it. And it takes boundaries, but it takes good leadership. So, like you had Braden showing you the way. Yeah. My head coach, Jenna Perky, we're the only coaches on staff that have kids. Mm -hmm. And we're like, our entire staff is totally cool. Like, hey, we don't have childcare at this time. We can't do that. Yep. Or me and her coach at the same time, same group. Sometimes we flip flop. Yep. Hey, you stay home today and I'll be there. Or just days off, things like that without any shame, no judgment. The kids understand. The parents do not always understand, but that's not my problem. Uh you can create systems and through the leadership. So you're doing that for your coaches so that one day when the coaches on your staff decide they want to have kids, yep. man, you're going to have that. You have that empathy and they have the freedom to do that because every coach that misses practice or misses something for their family, every coach feels it. Yep. You know, you're just like, man, 
I wish I was at practice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then vice versa. Yeah. I mean, um, when when I have something come up with my kids, depending on what's going on, I ask my wife, hey, how big of a deal is this? Yeah. Just just to be clear. Yeah. And she'll tell me like, hey, this one's a big deal. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I'm canceling practice or I'm or I'm I'm getting a I'm getting it covered. Yeah. Um, anyways, great conversation, man. Absolutely. There's technical stuff mixed in there, everybody. All right. Yeah. So Bro, I appreciate your heart out. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate you having me, man. It's awesome. As always, awesome. Yeah, you're doing good stuff, man. You're doing great stuff. You're doing great stuff. I follow you, and it's been awesome watching you. Thanks, man. I'm just just a coach, just another coach, trying to show the day to day. That's the goal. Absolutely. There's a lot of coach doing doing it. So, um, oh, one last thing. All right, this is it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is your. Whenever I talk to college coaches, I want to do this. This is your elevator pitch, okay? Why should a kid go to UNCW? Well, we live 10 minutes from the beach. Your call. Awesome, man. Hey, <laughs> thanks so simple. much. You have a good one. <laughs> thanks, man. Hey, wait, wait. One one thing. So when this ends, yeah. it's going to say up, uploading. Okay. Uh, you got to let that get to 100% okay. before you close out. Okay. So just a heads up or a, We'll see how it turns out on the back end. There was a few little glitches, yeah. which doesn't doesn't mean this is this isn't ruined by any yeah. chance, but um, it messes with the the video clips get misaligned. I got you. Anyways, so um, just wait for it to upload, and then if I'm able to get the video clips out of it, I will send you cool. um, clips. Yeah, and you can post them whatever you want. Awesome. You've seen some other people do it. Yeah, but I'll send you the clips that I make, and awesome. we'll go from there. Awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate that, it. That was man. a great conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Cool. Bye. Bye.